Hello and welcome back. In today's podcast, we will be talking about if stories were told from other characters' perspectives. So with that, sit back, relax, grab your tea, coffee, water, or whatever it be, and let's have tea, sis. Do 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 do. This is Intro Song Goes Tween Intro in the podcast. Even though Kelly said it's just gonna be really intro. Yeah. As always, I'm Emma. I'm Kaylee. And today we're drinking a hot apple cider <laughs> and a Morocco mint tea. It's gonna call it an, an a cider apple, a hot cider apple. I don't know. I got mixed up there. Everything's not working today. <laughs> well, before we get into our topic, there were a couple things we wanted to ask you guys. We wanted to ask first if you guys have any teas or other drinks you thought we should try because. We drink tea a lot outside of, and of course, in this podcast, and we thought it'd be fun if you guys had any of your favorites you wanted to suggest. And do you have anything you want to hear us talk about? If you have any topic ideas or things you'd be really interested in listening to us ramble on about for half an hour or whatever. We're not running out of topics per se, but I did think it would be interesting to draw from our audience and see what they maybe wanted to hear us talk about. Yeah. So with that, we can get into our topic, which I think is really interesting. Basically, we're talking about how a story would change if you told, like, everything in the story stayed exactly the same, but you read it or watched it from a different character's perspective. We should have put a spoiler warning. Oh yeah, this thing is full of spoilers. This is a spoiler warning song for this point on all your favorite franchises may be ruined. We're not sorry. <laughs> so one of the first ones I always think of when I think of this is The Hunger Games. And everything stays the same except you're reading it from Effie Trinket's point of view. And then you have like all this interesting capital stuff that you don't get to see in the books. Well, and you would get to see everything that happens outside of the games because you really watch the tributes go through the capital and do all those things. But the minute the games start, you you kind of don't watch the capital anymore. Whereas Effie obviously is never in the games, so you would get to see all of the the stuff that happens in the actual capital while Which they're fighting. Which would be really interesting because you never actually see like the perspective of what it's like in the capital unless you're in there for the Hunger Games with Katniss, or later on when they're in there and they're fighting to get to snow, and so you never actually get to see what the actual like society of the capital is, and so reading that from her perspective would be really interesting. Now this whole point is a little bit arguable because the storyline of the book that was released a couple of years this year a couple of years i don't know when it was released the author of the hunger games released a book called songbirds and snakes of songbirds and snakes or something like that and i believe it is told from president snow's perspective but isn't it a prequel yeah it's a prequel it was like when he was a teenager and he it's told from his perspective during a game so you would get a little bit of the aspect of being in the capital through that story but you wouldn't get the obvious aspect we're talking about of 
during the actual Hunger Games series. And while I feel Katniss like and them are fighting. Effie especially would be a really interesting um, contrast to the story because the story itself is really dark and somber. Like there are like highlights and stuff. April. But Katniss is from this place where she's in this really sad position. And so she's very, like, focused on this, and she fits into war really well. Effie is kind of the opposite of that. She's kind of seems oblivious, and she seems very, like, happy even when she shouldn't be. And I think that would be a really interesting contrast to, like, the war and all of this other things and the slaughter that goes on in the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. We do get to see a little bit of Effie's character, I think, come out in the last book mm-hmm. but obviously again the entire franchise is not told through Effie's perspective it's told through Katniss's perspective and also it's really interesting to think about this because when you change who it's going through even if the story stays exactly the same just by changing who's telling the story it you can get different lessons and ideas out of it because Katniss is this very like focused on survival and she's very focused on getting her family out and she's dealt with this stuff. Effie grew up in the capital and she benefited from things like this. And so there's this whole issue of having friends and family on the other side of the war she's in that isn't really talked about. Leave it to Kaylee to find a lesson in everything. Sorry. I think about, I don't know, I, I like thinking about things like that and seeing things from other people's perspective. Another really interesting one that I would love to read for the Hunger Games is Gale, because like you have the whole situation where he watches Katniss, this best friend who he planned on marrying, in the Hunger Games and thinks he's she's probably going to die. And then you also have him and he has to save District 12. <laughs> what was that? That was our spoiler song and we're keeping it and I'm isolating that and putting it at the beginning. Fun. <laughs> but, like, Gale's perspective would be so interesting because he sees all those things and he's very similar to Katniss but Peta and Gale are like two different extremes almost. And so I think having seen more of Gale's side of things would have been really interesting because he was more focused on like the physical issues and seeing things as like practical. Can we just focus, this is completely off topic, but can we just focus on the fact that the author chose to make Katniss's two love interests complete opposite people? I don't know why this is sticking out to me now, but I feel like not a lot of people do that. At least in the extreme she did. Well, I think part of that is there's the saying opposites attract and Katniss herself is more like Gale and so she and Peeta are more opposites and so they work well together. They complement each other because where one's flaws is is someone else's strengths. Whereas her and Gail work really well together because it's almost like working with the same person. And so it was a balance of should she go with someone who can help her in situations that she may not be as strong in or should she do someone who complements who like has the same strengths as her to make a better team. Mm, intriguing. I don't. I mm, <laughs> I think that the Hunger Games from Hamish's perspective would be very interesting because you could even include in that like flashbacks to his game, which he won a quarter quell. He mm-hmm. won the fiftieth annual Hunger Games, 
And I believe, if you do your research on that, that that quarter quell was special because they drew twice four as many tributes. So two girls and two boys from every district. So instead of Birch, 24, it was 48. So he survived among 48 other people. 47 other people. <laughs> but, like, I think that Hamish's perspective would be really interesting. I think you would understand a bit more and relate to him a bit more if you could see it from his perspective. Because the guy, I mean, you have to feel bad for Hamish to some extent. Because he lived through that level of hell. And then every year he gets drug out. He watches his games play on big screens all across the capital. He gets drug out with these two kids who he knows for a fact are probably not coming back with him. He has to sit there and watch as they get killed. And then as everybody else gets, like, that is got to be a new level of difficult for the, what, what are they called? The counselors? I don't remember. Former winners of Hunger Games. That has got to be a new level of difficult to be drug out every year to watch your games play on a big screen, to watch kids from your district that you know or maybe don't know kill each other in an arena. Like, that would be a different level of emotion. Because obviously you have the emotion you would get from Effie where you're... It's not as relevant to her because she was born and raised in the capital. So it's kind of her life. She kind of grew up with it. She never had the fear of being thrown into a Hunger Games. And then with Katniss, you have where she grew up in absolute poverty and was thrown into this killing game, basically. And there's the whole brutal emotion of that and also the double layer of the political side of it all with the war brewing, but with the... I keep wanting to call them the tributes. They're not the tributes. The former winners. I... What are they called? We're gonna look it up because we are... We cannot remember. But for the former winners, that would be a whole different level of emotion. Because in one way, you would understand the pain and plight of the tributes going into the Hunger Games, but on another side, you would also sort of understand the emotions of a capital person because you're in the capital so often and you live a life of highlight and to be honest some of them lived more of a life of highlight than the others but that's a whole different thing <laughs> victors victors the victors no wonder i didn't remember that i'm like no you're only a victor when you're announced no you're a victor for life i would have loved to know what went through hamish's mind when he saw what katniss could actually do and realized that he had someone who actually had a chance of fighting back. Well, and I also think it would be interesting to watch that story, like The Hunger Games through Mockingjay Part 2, that chunk of the Pan Am story told from a victor's perspective, specifically Hamish's, because you never really get clued in when you're reading or watching The Hunger Games how long the victors and some of the people in the capital were planning the rebellion. You know, like, the rebellion could have been whispered about. They could have started to build up how they were going to be doing this during Katniss's games, like, when she did the berry thing, you know, the spark of the rebellion, basically. <laughs> that could have been a moment in the capital that just changed a whole lot of things that you never would have gotten to see through Effie's or Katniss's perspective. I'm holding my breath, basically. <laughs> <sighs> 
Should we move on to a different franchise? I feel like we've talked about the Hunger Games long enough. Yeah, sure. What about the Divergent series? I, okay, I read the books, watched pretty sure the first three movies. I don't remember. It all blurs together after a while. But I don't have a lot of opinions on this one. I liked the Hunger Games far more than I liked this series. I did too, honestly. But, um, I thought it'd be really interesting to have listened, like, watched or read the Divergent series from Janine's point of view, who's the er er erudite, erudite leader, because she's, like, the main antagonist of the story but she is obviously erudite she's her main focus is thinking logically and being like the smart person and she's the leader of the smart people mm-hmm. and so like she has some really interesting like ideals and thought processes and i would have loved to see her reasoning behind it because Obviously, she's arguing that the system is what keeps things working, and the system is what... It's this really interesting commentary on, like, our actual society and things, too, because we categorize people even if we don't mean to. Labels are super important in how we see people and stuff, and in this system where, like, you are categorized into five very specific labels, Mm -hmm. or you are outcast from society if you don't fit into the right box and seeing someone who not only believes that but is super focused on that and super into that seeing their thought processes would have been really cool i don't i don't have a lot to add to this franchise i mean i I, okay i suppose it would have been interesting to have seen this story told through her brother's perspective. I don't remember his Caleb. name. Caleb. Because he was not in... He was erudite. So he was not in the the fraction she was in. We're gonna look it up again. Abnegation, Amity, Candor, Dauntless, Erudite. Dauntless. Dauntless. He was not in Dauntless, and she went to Dauntless. So... You would have gotten to see a whole different side of things because he was in Erudite, which was the faction that tried to... They're factions, not fractions. (laughs) They're not mathematic equations. (laughs) Um, He was in the faction that tried to take over. So obviously there's gonna be a little bit of ideas and things that you're just like, I don't know, I can't argue with this, you know, because you're in the middle of it. And then to get out and actually see everything else, you know, like that must have been kind of a shocker. And also, you'd get to see like the whole background setup to Janine's plan, probably, maybe. So I, th- I think it'd be interesting to see it through Caleb's perspective. Well, and you'd get to see, like, his thought processes behind the betrayal at the end and different things like that. Mm -hmm. And that would be really interesting because you get to see whether or not he was guilty. Because I think that's something that in the books is very vague. Whether or not, like, he actually ever cared or anything. Because he's, like, apologizes and it seems like he cares. And then he betrays them. Trish dies at the end of this. Tris dies at the end of the series, right? I don't know if she does in the movies, but she did in the books. Right. Okay, so I'm not thinking about that wrong. I, I have a small rant about that, okay? People always, authors always kill their characters, their key characters, at the end of a series. Why? It's the end of the series. There's nothing after that, and now you've killed them? So obviously if you kill them in the reader's mind, you're like, it's over. There's nothing more. But there's always a little piece of me as a reader 
that's like, well, what happens afterwards? Yes, she's dead, but like, what about the other people? What happened? And some authors give like little epilogues or whatever. It's not enough. It's not enough. Okay, I want to see somebody kill their main character in the middle of a book. Just squat out. Chapter 20 out of 40, dead. Boom. And all the other characters now have to step up and figure out what the heck to do to fix the issues that are left behind. Like, not enough people do that. That is a totally not used very often idea that thrusts a storyline and it thrusts character building of side characters that maybe you liked a little bit but you were like oh we'll never get to see more of them and all of a sudden the main character is dead and boom it's being told from so-and-so's perspective and boom it's being told from so-and-so's perspective and you're like oh my gosh i get more of these characters but you're also mourning the loss of a main character and you're probably thinking in your head like oh yeah they can't be dead you know an author would kill a character in the middle of a book no dead I want to see it. Sorry. Personal rant. <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I think there are a couple really interesting options for this. So one that, of course, first came into my mind for huh? Lord of the Rings was Gollum. Because you get Gollum isn't... Even, like, in the movies and the books, there are kind of, like, two people within Gollum. Gollum from before he was corrupted by the ring and then Smeagol. the... Yeah, Smeagol. And then you have Gollum, who's been corrupted by the ring. And so you'd have these two characters who are kind of talking back and forth in this almost... It would create some really interesting banter because you'd have these two people who have completely different thought processes and ideas and opinions who are constantly in battle with each other as they're trying to get through this whole story. And so it creates some really interesting perspectives that we weren't, instead of the, I must carry the ring to the volcano on my own, the whole time Sam's there and like, Sam carries Frodo through the end, like honestly. He would not have made it if <laughs> Sam wasn't there, but no, he did it on his own. <laughs> but also Gandalf, which would have been so cool because like, he disappears and you think he died. But reading that part from Gandalf's perspective where he fights the demon and becomes Gandalf the White would have been so cool. And Gandalf comes on the eagles and you could like ride the eagles with Gandalf and Gandalf knows so much and so it'd be this really interesting narration. Well, and from Gandalf's perspective, you would get to see the whole fight between Gandalf and, um, Sodomon. Saruman? Saruman. We are Saruman? really bad. Saruman. How many times do we need to say it? <laughs> you say it 50 different ways. You can't be wrong uh, if you are, that is so sad. <laughs> um, I think it's Saruman. Saruman! <laughs> Gandalf fights Saruman. There's a whole thing, you know, he falls into the pit, the demon. He fights Saruman, he comes back. Like, that chunk of time, you'd be with Gandalf. Saruman is the other wizard. Yeah, I know. Okay. It sounded like you were calling the demon Saruman. No, he fights Saruman. the demon. But doesn't he also... I don't... Okay. He does Is that at the same head. time? No. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> but for those chunks of time, he would... You'd be with Gandalf. I almost <laughs> called him Gollum. You'd be with Gandalf 
And why are there so many names? <laughs> what that sound it? like kind of similar, yeah. Yeah. Pepin Peter. <laughs> no. Pippin Pippin and Pepin. Pippin and Oh I keep man. Gail and that's not right either. Nope. <laughs> Don't even get me started on all of their like the the dwarf and the elf and the human that go with them. Like don't even get me started. I cannot name them. Oh, Legolas, Legolas. Gimli. Gimli. I only remember Legolas and Gimli because they have that whole, like, thing where they're counting. You didn't counting. remember Gimli? I did. Okay. I only remember Legolas and the elf dude distinctly, which is Gimli. No, he's the dwarf. Sorry. <laughs> Legolas is the elf. Oh, my God. I only remember them distinctly because whenever there's a fight scene, they always compete, you know, with their numbers, and they're like, 29, 37, <laughs> And, yeah, anyways, so that's funny. I'm trying to remember the human names. Don't, don't even try, man. They're so whack. George and Fred. No, that's Harry Potter. I was like, you're right. Those are the twins. I was like, <laughs> wrong twins. <laughs> they were twins. Are Pepin and, and Gimli? No. Gimli's the dwarf. <laughs> oh, man. We should have written down more names than this. To be honest, I expected to be better at remembering names for all these franchises, but evidently I'm not, and now I feel awful because mm -hmm. my best friend's favorite fictional franchise probably okay. ever is Lord of the Rings, and I feel so stupid now. Aragorn. Was he? <laughs> He's the human... See the blonde or the brunette? The brunette. See the one that breaks He's his toe when he hits hunter the... hunter dude. Not the... Kisses the fancy elf lady? Yeah. Okay. The one that That's was living Aragorn. with Aragorn. Sar Sauron? The Eye of Sauron? 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 Oh no! <laughs> there are going to be so many Lord of the Rings fans calling us out. I swear, we watched the movies. Boromir. Yeah, that's the other human. The blonde. Oh. Why didn't they come up with nicknames for them? Uh, Saruman. Saruman? Saruman. Saruman. Mary. Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin! <laughs> Why was that so difficult? It's because it doesn't sound like Pippin. I knew it didn't sound like Pippin. Mary Mary sounds so ordinary compared to everybody else's names. Frodo. Sam. <gasps> ah! There's Sam! Samwise Kimji. Kimji? <laughs> Kimji. Samwise Kimji. Oh, is it Gamji? I think it's Gamji. I think it's Gamji, Kaylee. <laughs> Samwise Gimji. <laughs> I said Gimji. You said Kimchi. I know, but that's funny right there. Wow. I do hereby apologize. We warned you. We won't I'll... ruin your favorite franchises. It was in the disclaimer song, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I highly enjoyed the movie when it followed Pippin and Mary, though. I think if it had been told from their perspective, that would have been great. Or Sam's perspective, for that matter. Frodo was boring. Pick someone else. The books. I've read, like, three of the books because I did, like, a school report, and that there are six of them, and I read three. And, oh, my lord. They were so <laughs> boring. Like, so boring. I went into this and I was like, yeah, this will be the fun book report out of this year. Boring. And this is coming from the person who read 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, where there are detailed 
scientific explanations detailing fish that spread for three pages, and they're not small pages. And I enjoyed that story more than I enjoyed reading Lord of the Rings. I think it's an acquired taste, you know? And I, so I think it's a deep love that you cannot rid yourself of so easily. But people I have seen like Lord of the Rings are obsessed with it. The story is really good, and I really enjoy the movies. It's just the books felt like they dragged on really long, and it's like, mm -hmm. hold my interest more. It does help that there's long explanations of them just walking across the mar marshland. There's only so much you can do to make that interesting before you do that too much and it's boring. It's true. It's true. You can only describe so much marshland. Do you want to move on to the last one? Sure. What's the last one? Narnia. Oh man. Don't even start me. This is a really interesting one. Here we go. So, buckle up! Oh. I have read the books. I have not. And if you have read the books, you'll well, know that- I read the one book. The first one. The Magician's Now. Anyways, if you read the books, you'll know that the movies follow a very specific storyline. It basically follows um, the four kids, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy. But the books follow, like, more Narnia itself and not focused as much on the actual children. I would like to clarify. I did not read the first book in the series. I read the first book that correlates with the first movie. Oh, so you read book two. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That one. That's the <laughs> one I read. Somewhat of. And so if you read the books, there's lots of characters who you wouldn't necessarily know. And there's some really interesting things. But because the characters in the bo different books switch, you actually do get to see a broader perspective to some extent. And I really enjoyed, like, my two favorite books were never made into movies. And so it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of characters and it's the really interesting ones for the movies would be kind of broken if you read the story from their perspective. Like, The White Witch would have been super interesting to read because, like, she's the bad guy. And I think seeing the villain's perspective is always really interesting. Or Aslan. But Aslan is all-knowing in the books and the movies. And if he's all-knowing, then as he's- there's no point in narrating and it'd just be really confusing. Or you would know everything, like, up front and it- it just wouldn't portray well. Be really hard. Mm -hmm. And so you could do it from some of the other kids, because the books are kind of told through Lucy's perspective, and then later on through other, like, people outside of those four. But, I don't know, like... Well, a portion of A Line of Witch in a Wardrobe is also told through Edmund's perspective. In the movie. In the movie, because you see, like, his whole time with the White Witch. Which... You might do that in the book, too. Okay, that was a little bit scary, watching it as a little kid. Did not like the White Witch. I mean, she's the bad guy. Kind of supposed to, like, like not like her. <laughs> Guess that's the point. Anyways, I... <sighs> There's not a lot of people, at least from the movie's perspective, or creatures, I guess, too, that really, you know, like, go all the way through the series. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult to say, oh, if it was told from this person's, if it was told from this person's point of view, etc., etc., because there's not really a core group of people that follows through the entire time. So, like, I would like to say I think it'd be interesting if it was told through, like, the centaur's point of views, but 
The centaurs don't go through the entire series. Centaurs are the horse people. Yeah, they're called centaurs. Okay. I wasn't sure if you meant the goat guy. Mr. Thomas? Yeah, Mr. Thomas. No. Mr. Thomas doesn't really follow them through the whole story either. He does in the first book. Yeah, but... Well, the first movie. He's kind of in the middle, kind of in the beginning, kind of at the end, kind of not anymore. You know, so it's difficult to say. And it's not like out of the four kids that any of the books or movies, for that matter, were really specifically told through one kid. Yes, I think you could pick out, oh, it's being told through Lucy's perspective, but it wasn't as defined as some of the franchises we've told before. Or we said before. Told. <laughs> so... It was more narrated than yeah. told by someone as a character. So it's not really like you're sitting here yearning, like, oh, I wish it was told through... Caspian. That is one I think would the be really interesting. point of view. Oh, Susan? Susan! Cyber! No names! No <laughs> names! <laughs> like, you can't really sit here and say, ah, I wish it was told through... Susan's point of view, you know, like, cause no. I think if I had to choose some aside from the ones we listed, the White Witch and Aslan, um, Prince Caspian is in several of the books and would be really interesting, especially cause similar to the kids, he isn't Narnian, and so he would have an interesting societal contrast, like culturally, and there's the whole like, I guess. Prince Caspian does have some telling through his perspective. A little bit, but not not as much as it could have been, you know? Basically, Narnia is a bit of a mess if you're trying to pick specific characters to talk through, because all of them kind of do it at some point. <laughs> yeah, and I guess we didn't really think about that before we chose that as a book. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's really it. Well, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I guess. Don't know why you're still here. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Man, we sucked at names today. <laughs> names were bad. We're gonna get called out in the in the in the captions. <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard. Or people who are upset, like, how could you think that about this book series? Or why didn't you think to talk about this book series? We should, we should ask if anybody had a person that they wished that a certain series was told through. Yeah, that would have been a good question. Did you finish the podcast? Nope.